This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society. And we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. And good evening, another Saturday evening. And what better way to spend a Saturday evening than with Mr. David Vance. David, thank you for joining us once again. As always, uh, Peter, a pleasure. And it's also so nice to hear the word Saturday. Saturday. With, uh, <laughs> Saturday, with what can only describe as a Northern Ireland twanklet. <laughs> Uh, I hope people manage to get past that. Uh, we'll, we'll try and soften it yeah. as we go along. We will. We'll soften our arms. <laughs> we will. We will. And by the way, cheers, everybody. <laughs> cheers. I'll, I'll I'll go on the wine after. So um, yes. No, I need I needed to go on the wine beforehand. If we're going to survive sixty minutes of my meanderings over the past week. Peter, I, I need, I need, like an American election, I need extreme fortification. Oh, did I just say that? Yeah. Well, let's see how we go. I'll jump in on. I think we're live on. If my moderator team can just let me know if we are live everywhere. I see we should be live up on, uh, up on Rumble. Uh, we're live over on Getter, which means let me. Bring up some. So who do we have? Chris Davis, 33, is first in. Good evening, Peter and David. Mally Bites, oi, oi, Peter and David. Villain, 82, evening chaps. Gareth, 1665, good evening all. Bob Moran, evening. Uh, anyone else, put your comments in the side, and we'll see if we can bring in a few of those. But... I want to focus with David on his stories. And the first one is David Vance's love in with here we have Matt Hancock, your favorite villain, yeah. favorite evil villain. Now, yeah. this obviously is he is the moment. I'm a celebrity. I didn't really know he was a celebrity, but this is about the headline is Hancock set to make a fortune after boosting his image on I'm a celeb. Has he boosted his image with you, David? Um, yeah. Gotta, you got to love the scum media, don't you? You know, boosted. Oh, ha ha. That's a funny pun. That'll be hilarious to the next of kin who didn't survive their booster. Really good one. Of course, I think that is the, I think that was from the Sun, uh, Peter. I got that, but yeah. Well, you see my, you see my, my, my summary of it. Um, this is the state-sanctioned, uh, media-enabled sanitization. Sanitize that. That's your wine kicking in, different. <laughs> and, and before that, medazzling Matt. I mean, I don't write easy uh, sub-headlines here. I write hard ones. But uh, that, that being said, yeah, it absolutely sickens me to the absolute core. What we've had, I mean, uh, honestly, uh, what we've had is the collusion of, in this case, ITV, uh, Anton Dex, producers, all of that, with the British government to make everyone get a little bit angry at Matty, at Matty Hancock, because he's been a no he was a naughty boy and he had to do all the Bush Tucker trials. But hey, listen, he he, he got eleven stars. He's got through it all, and it seems that he's a, he's a bit of a hero now. He's a bit of a hero. Uh, sickening, absolutely sickening. Everyone out there, I'm telling you, I mean, I've I've gone on about this so much. The 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 entire media is. It's, it's, it's playing you, the mainstream media. That's why we need Hearts of Oak and other forms of media, because th this is this is just disgusting to me, Peter. There's no other way, no easy way to put it. it, it I feel so offended for the next of kin, you know, of the elderly folks who were moved out of hospital on Hancock's instructions, as you know, into the care homes where they died, where yeah. they were left essentially defending themselves. That's the crime. That's what needs to be investigated. Instead, hey, Matt's a hero. I think I understand he's got a book deal. Um, there's a book about to come out when he comes out of the jungle. I understand that. So this is going to be fabulously wealthy, Matty. And uh, all on the back of, as far as I'm con concerned, the corpses of the elderly that when he was health secretary, he he, he basically funneled out uh, to die. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's disgusting. And the fact that the media have to make a funny ha-ha joke about, um, you know, boosted, sickens me. No, I think he is probably, must be the most evil person 
in the UK, literally. And people say you can't personalize it. No, he is pure evil, what he has done. Um, and yeah, and it's all now fun and games. So anyway, we'll move on to Zero Hedge on the same COVID line. And here we have the G20 pushing vaccine yeah. passports for all future international travel. I've seen many different articles in this. I think Glenn Beck did an absolutely brilliant four or five minute clip on this going through. Um, but it seems to be that actually, if you want to travel, it will cover everything. And this is, of course, for our good, for our convenience, for our health. Um, yep. So, yeah, yep. it's, it's, it's where we're going and this isn't going away, basically. That, that, that's the point. That is really the point, Peter. This time, 12 months ago, I mean, they were pushing the vaccine passports. If you, I can well remember trying to get, you know, if you want to go into a pub, a restaurant, concert, any, anywhere where human beings mix, you've got to have your vaccine passport. Now, some of us completely resisted that. And then, as, you, as we all know, in early 22, it kind of disappeared, but it didn't go away. And then here we have the G20. Um, this gathering of uh, of all these, uh, you know, immensely uh, malignant people, and uh, yeah, they've, they're they're basically saying, uh, you know, they're um, that this is a great solution. I actually watched a video of it, and one of the guys was saying, Peter, that you know, when the next pandemic comes, this vaccine passport will be an invaluable tool. It's going to be an invaluable tool, and I thought to myself, number one. How do you know there's going to be another pandemic coming exactly? How do you know that? And and number two, it's a sheer arrogance because what he's saying is this will enable the people who have followed the World Health Organization advice, taken their jabs, they will be able to travel. So we don't have to close the world down again, just the world of the unvaccinated, just the world of the pure bloods, just, just my world. They'll, they'll, they'll do that. So again, I'm sorry, I'm in a bad form tonight. I have absolute contempt for Matt Hancock. And I will have to lighten the mood. And I, the, the G20, you know, the G20, uh, they're just cabalists in plain sight wanting to introduce this insidious vaccine passport, which is anti-democratic, anti-freedom. And uh, it's exactly what they want to do. And wasn't it, I, I'm sure you were proud to see Rishi Sunak and the gang there holding up the British end because they were 100% behind all this. What a great idea that's going to be. So, yeah, honestly, I mean, it does probably mean that, you know, if they get their way in this one, um, in the World Health Organization says something, then travel will be restricted. Maybe not, you know, terminated for everybody, but for people who don't take experimental gene therapies, it might well be terminated. And that's a disgrace, and so is the G20. And by the way, it's a long way to fly from the UK to Bali. I wonder how Rishi offset his uh, carbon trail there, because how many polar bears died? So he had to go and virtue signal out there. Absolutely. Uh, it is interesting because they talk about the next one and they're not saying we need it definitely from this one. So I'm assuming we have a pandemic round the corner. Um, they will introduce any fear story. So I yeah. guess get ready for stuff coming out. Monkeypox didn't really work as they intended. No, so stupid. it'll be yeah. something yeah. else. Yeah, monkeypox was too stupid. They, they actually, yeah. the, the great brains managed to figure one that we all laughed at. But this is the problem they're going to have, Peter. We laughed and we mocked monkeypox yeah. from the beginning. The next one we will mock we will laugh at because we know that these are all scamdemics. They're not pandemics. Um, they're politically driven, as, as, as I'm sure everyone watching this understands. You know, so so we just mock it and laugh at it. And um, monkeypox didn't fly, and I'm not sure what the next one's going to be. But uh, I'm sure I'm sure there will be another one. That's why they were able to say with such conviction. You know, when not if. When the next one comes, bearing in mind the Spanish flu was what, 1918, roughly yep. around that point. And then we had COVID 100, and, 100 years later, and there could be another one very, very soon. Mm. We yep. see them. Get ready. Uh, just I see Nanny Annie is there on D Live. Uh, I know that D Live is one of our smaller platforms, but I know others like Unity News really make use of it. So uh, it is there. So if you're using D Live, jump on and Nanny Annie is on. So great to see you there watching us. And thank you. You can watch any way you like, and that's one of the ways. But let me jump on to this because this was, uh, this was actually from 29th of October, but I know you 
put it up, David, and I yeah. wanted to, because it is about joining the dots. And this is new Swiss study. COVID shots increase risk of myocarditis by 800 times in young adults. Yeah. And this kind of fits in with, they're talking about doing some studies now to find out the long-term effects. Well, you've already injected it into people. So if it kills them, it's going to kill them. You yeah. can't really undo it. But this is another part of the jigsaw that um, it seems to increase the risk of anything instead of decreasing any risk. Yeah, worst vaccine ever, I think we could suitably say, <laughs> assuming it's a vaccine, which yes. it's not. But as you say, yeah, I mean, the risk of myocarditis. And, and actually, this is something I was talking to um, Dr. Dave Cartland about this. I, I think you know Dave. Uh, yep. and, and, and one of the things about this myocarditis business when it comes to young adults, this, this is the point that, um, you know, you don't, there's no such thing as mild myocarditis. You know, you don't get a, wee, a little touch of myocarditis. It's, it's permanent damage to your heart. Now, if, if you're an 80-year-old or a 90-year-old, and it wouldn't be nice to get it, and it would be very bad, but you've got to look at it in the law of probability. But what I've said all along on, on, on these jabs is if you give them to young people, and especially young men, because it seems to be particularly insidious in, in, yeah. in, in young men, then they've got maybe, you know, I don't know, 50, 60 years of life, or theoretically. But with myocarditis, they, they mightn't. And so the, the notion that you would, a doctor, an ethical doctor would prescribe a medication where the medium to long-term effects are not known. But in the short term, as that Swiss data has shown, there's a, a great concern, short-term concern, never mind the long, medium to long-term, you would instantly say, say no. So the question is, why aren't our GPs saying no? When they, they can read like you and me and like everyone watching this, they can see those headlines it's not all conspiracy theories. It appears to be hard-driven data. So shouldn't that shouldn't the right the the honest thing to do, Peter, be to, to instantly stop injecting at least young adults uh, until we understand exactly what's being done to them? Yeah, and it's too little, too late. Uh, which is yeah. why some of us are wise and not actually taking it. And I know our viewers are wise also. But this is the sum. Again, this is a regular headline, probably once a week. The seven yeah. symptoms of a heart attack that can strike exactly a month before deadly attack. I didn't know you really got symptom, but anyway, uh, so it can strike you. Uh, and again, I, I, I have never noticed headlines like this before warning you that actually heart attacks were on the rise. Well, if you eat healthily, yeah. if you live healthily, then it actually reduces your risk. There must be something else which is increasing the risk of heart attacks. That's right. What they're doing is they're normalizing heart attacks, yeah. cardiac incidents. They're trying to suggest that it's super duper normal for anybody of any age, but also people, you know, in your age group, Peter, and younger age groups, as well as my age group, to, to just to suddenly get a heart attack. It's just super duper normal. It's not. It, it, it is by no means normal. But, but, but the media, again, my favorite target, the media wants to convey the impression that, yeah, that happens all the time. Everyone's getting heart attacks. What could be more normal than a 16-year-old getting a heart attack? And, 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 this, and this is why, you know, you, you then have to ask the deeper question, which you have, well, what, what, what actually might be causing all this cardiac, uh, cardiac incidents? For example, is there something we've done to half the planet in the past couple of years that might possibly be associated with an elevated risk of, uh, you know, a heart attack? Is there something we've done? Well, if you listen to British media, no, there's nothing we've done. Apparently, I mean, you've also seen the stupid stories. There's been no end of them whereby they claim, you know, sneezing can um, give you a heart attack. Walking, breathing in too quickly can give you a heart attack. These can all give you a heart attack. But there's one thing that definitely, definitely doesn't give you a heart attack, and that's taking an experimental gene therapy, which the evidence suggests does impact on your cardiovascular. So, yeah, it's just it's come media. I'm glad you've been able to clear that up, David. Just for the viewers, the most common seven were sleep disturbance, that means you're going to have a heart attack. So for all those who have issues sleeping, hey, shortness yeah. of breath, well, that's not so good. Indigestion, anxiety, anxiety, wow. 
heavy arms, legs. Well, th- that seemed to be connected with the stroke. That that's the one that would actually sit out for me. Changes in thinking. That's probably all you uh, a, or all us tinfoil hat ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going to have a heart attack in the next yeah. month yeah. and loss of appetite. So if you've yeah. any of those, hey, you probably got one. They didn't put number eight, which is getting jabbed by an experimental vaccine. So that, yeah, that not, would be. That. Yeah, but we've got the best journalist in the world. That was an unfortunate oversight, and they accidentally missed that. But they caught all the other renowned symptoms of having a heart attack in clown world. In clown world. Now, David, your website, you've had a, a well, we're going to look at a story, but also uh, it's looking quite nice. Have you been doing some work on it? We, we have, actually, yes, big news, good, well done for prompting me. Because so I forget these things. So what we've done is, uh, we, we had altnewsmedia.net, and we've had another one called the Tangle Web. What we've done is we've essentially centralized all my output. So all the daily podcasts, all the live streams, all the articles, everything I do, it's on davidvance.net. And uh, it's quite a swish site, and uh, I, you know it. Um, it just it's it's a central repository for all things Vance. So I hope people will, you know, I mean, every, we put everything there, Peter. So it just made sense to have one place for everything, and so that's what we have: davidvance.net. And of course, you get all the social media links there: Getter, Gab, Parler, Truth, yeah. TikTok, yeah. Rumble, and YouTube. So they're all there. And people can just click on it and go straight. But this story is on RSV. And this not RSVP, but it's RSV. And probably no one was sure what this was. But actually, if we scroll a little bit down, the first line is, well, according to the UK Health Security Agency, respiratory syncytial, is that a virus, is an enveloped RNA virus in the same family as a human parent mm-hmm. influenza virus and mumps and measles yeah. uh, so we've got something else that's uh, that, that this could yeah. anything yeah. could be what's on the horizon to make us need our vaccine passports and all of that uh, but again it's a strange headline something that's i think has always been there in a low form suddenly is now brought to the fore it's exploding it's exploding around the Western world for reasons that oh, we only can but guess. So I wanted to write this article um, because the, the, whether you look at the evidence in the States or here in the UK, RSV is, is, is massively on the rise. And you're dead right, Peter. It's always been there in the background as a kind of a low-key, no-big-deal thing, basically. But all of a sudden, it seems to be particularly uh, prevalent. And, and this is what made me write the article, affecting young people, in particular, actually very young children, very young kids, um, and, and hence the illustration there. And it, it can lead to very severe consequences for these kids. So, so here's the thing. Here's the punchline to the story. So you have this nasty condition, RSV, uh, which could lead to potentially death in, in young kids. And if you check out on Pfizer's uh, website or Moderna's, uh, RSV is a stated known side effects of the job. They don't even hide it. It's a stated side effect, right? So... And this is where it gets worse. This And this is what the articles, I mean, I was writing this and you kind of think, I wish I wasn't writing this. It's awful. Um, what did the CDC decide to do in the States? CDC, yeah, RSV is on the increase. So what we recommend is that, uh, you know, you get, uh, you, you make sure that the kids get the, uh, the COVID-19 and the flu jabs. So I think I wrote the article, I finished the article. Are they trying to kill our kids? That, that's what I think I wrote because... It's, it's the job which would appear to be a driver of RSV, this, this explosion in it. So again, Peter, you know, common sense. Okay, so we can't be certain. I'm not saying total certainty. I'm saying there's enough concern there to surely hold back. And instead, these monsters flip it and say, no, 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 speed up the injection. Get those little young arms and inject the mRNA in. Even though Pfizer say it, it's a state. It's a known side effect. So, so I, I wanted to write so just for, you know on on davidvance.net. I'm I'm starting to write stuff as well as as the the the, the visual audio. So because sometimes you have to put the words down and think and you look at them and say, is that right? What I've just written and it is. 
I invite anyone to go and you know fact check me on it, please. But I'm right, uh, and and their solution is to to say jab the kids more. So I don't know. Yeah. What can I say? Yep. Um, nothing seems to put a pause on their ambitions no. of, I guess, control and death. It seems to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it was glo- essentially, you know, if it looks like global genocide and it smells like jo- global genocide and it walks like global genocide, then you could say reasonably that's maybe perhaps what it is because there's no reason to be jabbing these kids. They do not have a risk, a mathematical, statistically significant risk of COVID 19 in the first instance, but but they do have a risk from RSV. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and if you then accelerate the number of uh, vaccines that you give them, and these kids, some of these kids, young kids, I'm talking five-year-olds and younger, you know, really young infants, really. Um, it, it, it's really, it's Russian roulette with their young, precious lives. And I just look at it in horror, and I have to speak out against it. Let's carry on what seems to be, well, lots of world events, and I would... Uh, probably you would, David, connect them to the damage of lockdowns and the COVID madness and everything that's fallout from there. This is another from Zero Hedge. Germany preparing for emergency cash deliveries, bank runs, and aggressive discontent ahead of winter power cuts. Um, I'll just a few lines here. As Reuters reports, citing four sources, German authorities have stepped up preparations for emergency cash deliveries in case of a blackout or rather blackouts, to keep the economy running as the nation braces for possible power cuts arising from the war in Ukraine. The plans include the Bundesbank hoarding extra billions to cope with a surge in demand as well as limits on withdrawals. They're all moving towards, uh, it seems to be restricting, saying, well, we have a crisis, therefore we'll need to restrict you to £50 today, or your card may not work this week. Yeah, Interesting. Well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But but the thing that also kind of amuses me is that Germany, as we all know, is the economic powerhouse of the European Union. Okay, so essentially the Germans pay the bills to a significant degree. And so if you have a German economy in the condition that Zero Hedge is talking about, you know, with bank runs and all kinds of blackouts and uh, industry being crippled over these winter months, how is that going to play out for the rest of Europe then, I would like to know. Um, but the other thing is, I mean, there's a German word called schadenfreude. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with it, to take misery in someone else's, um, to take the light in someone else's misery. Well, I, I have a sense of schadenfreude. The, the Germans deserve all that they get. The Germans have uh, went along with the same sordid pro Zelensky criminal cartel narrative, and um, they're, they're economically destroying them, um, themselves. I mean, like the UK, but but more so in a, in one way because of obviously you know the the energy flows from Russia down into into Germany. So uh, yeah, I, I think um, it's going to be a very uh, a very uh, dark and cold uh, winter, and, and not only there actually, but just off topic for a second. I was highly amused before we've come on air. I saw our glorious leader Rishi Sunak off in Ukraine, paying tribute to that great wartime Churchillian figure um, Vladimir Zelensky. And what amused me most of all was, did you see the snow? It was about about six foot of bloody snow in the background. Yep. And yesterday, the Russians just knocked out about 50%, I think, of the Ukrainian energy uh, infrastructure. Funnily enough, the BBC didn't really point that out. It was yep. more about Rishi standing in solidarity, happy to send all our British taxes over to um, Zelensky. But I just thought to myself, hmm, it's going to be a cold winter for a lot of people, especially in Eastern Europe, which, as you know, it does get, it gets a bit nippy there around about December, January time. And if you ain't got energy, you're going to be in trouble. So, yeah, I hope the Germans freeze. It's, I, I did think that Ukraine was actually become the powerhouse of Europe. I think it's providing the most demand for all industries. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's the most dynamic. I mean, look at the billions shoveled into, uh, in, into Ukraine. Uh, I mean, we can't work hard enough to get Zelensky the much needed money. Although as someone pointed out to me, and it's a good question, what do you think the answer is? Like, you know, we, we supply, or when I say we, our governments 
supply uh, Ukraine with all the weaponry that they can possibly can to the degree that we've actually run out of weaponry. But, but at the same time, they're shoveling in all these billions. So the question is, what does Zelensky use these billions, the actual cash transfers for exactly? There, there was, let me bring up because you mentioned, and I think I had looked and hadn't put it in the stories uh, about Sunak going and seeing Zelensky. Oh. Let me just bring up, <laughs> there's oh, a section. Just when you type in Sunak and Zelensky, this is what you get. And look oh, at that brotherly love. They're, they're, yeah. they're looking into each other's eyes with, a, <laughs> I don't know, it's 14th of February or something. It's yeah, just... Yeah. So, something's gone on there. So it's beautiful, beautiful. But but do you notice he's followed in exactly the same script as Johnson? Exactly yeah, yeah. the same script. Yeah, yeah. It demonstrates to me that everything you're saying, it's being controlled. You know, these are these are all actors. I mean, obviously Zelensky, literally, but in the case of Sunak as well. But yeah, it's the it's a deep embrace, and you know, we stand by you. I wonder do they stand by uh, those Ukrainian. Uh, soldiers who, I uh, don't know if you saw a horrible clip I saw on social media, who actually, um, I don't know if they machine gunned them, but they certainly shot dead uh, a, a group of uh, surrender surrendering, um, they're not oh. Russian, but uh, uh, Russian sympathetic uh, soldiers. Uh, there's video footage of, I think I maybe put it in my, on my getter, um, sort of stuff we saw in World War II, carried out by the Nazis, yeah. Ukraine's doing it, and what does our glorious leader Sunak do? He goes to pay tribute. I mean, spur me the pieties. No, absolutely. Let, uh, there was one other, back on to COVID and off Zelensky, yeah. although I did take you off topic, apologies for that. Um, this is... This is an interesting development, and kind of assumed this would be the case. Safe blood hardliners yep. want to set up unvaccinated blood banks. Medics say the growing numbers of people are asking for transfusions of unvaxed blood. Yep. You read the stories, and it it makes a lot of sense. And I I'm curious to think how this will be set up because if any of us go in for an operation. Or, I mean, well, you'd be waiting years for any operation, yeah, uh, happen, unless yeah. you're Ukrainian. Yeah. Maybe you can jump the queue. But yeah. you think you think blood transfusions and actually having blood, which is got chemicals in it from a mRNA, actually yeah. would be unwanted and could cause damage. And until they're 10 years later, I'm happy to change my mind if uh, you look at all the results. But it does make sense setting up safe blood transfusion centers. 100%, yeah. I, I mean, I don't want on, I don't want contaminated uh, blood. Yep. I'm sorry. I mean, I've made a point of avoiding the mRNA and the spike protein. I don't want that near me. But, but here's the real problem we've got in the UK, and this is in the, in the States, I think. Although, by the way, I object to the use of the word hardliners. That's, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, 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 they're not hardliners. These are uh, sensible people who wish to maintain their bodily autonomy. That's, but leaving that to one side. But guess what? The NHS doesn't screen for vaccination or on vaccination in the wow. UK. So in other words, they can't tell. They can, so they can't tell if if you are being going to be given unvaccinated blood or vaccinated blood. They can't tell deliberately. They deliberately don't want to know that. So so that's a real worry. So therefore, if and God forbid, it should help on anybody on this stream listening to us, Peter. But if you had to go into rushed in, you know, in a car crash or something, yep, and you yep. had to get a blood transfusion tonight, and you go in, there's no, there is no way that they can differentiate in the UK between um, the vaccinated blood with mRNA in it and on-jab blood. They can't tell. Uh, so therefore, you end up with the worst of both worlds if you're unvaccinated because you could end up getting the, 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 the mRNA in you, right? But at the same time, you wouldn't be able to claim that you've been vaccinated. So I've worked out that's the worst of both worlds. Um, if it was an elected operation, though, yeah. I would have thought it was reasonable that if it was planned, Peter, that you could say. So, for example, depending on what your blood group is, um, they will say, OK, your blood group, whatever it is, and we'll give you the match. 
well, my blood group is unvaccinated. So I want, in, in such an event, you know, I, I would like that. But listen, I'm not going to fool myself and fool viewers. You know, the NHS is so, is so, is so far gone that their only mission is to get the, 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 the vaccine into us. So I suppose blood transfusions is a handy way to do it. But it's very scary because it means then that, you know, as I say, you, you, you've made two years of your life and saying, I'm not taking this thing. And then through no fault of your own, you require blood transfusion and whoop, it goes in. What happens? Are, are you then, what is your status? Don't know. Not, yeah, not yeah. Really anyway. So yeah, I, I, I would love to set up, we should set up in the UK an unjabbed blood bank and we'll go there. The, the pure bloods will go there. We're not going to, I don't want, you know, I mean, I suppose if my life depended on it, I would have to, if in a car accident or something, I might need it. But it's a high price to pay, a very high price to pay. And uh, the NHS, shaming them for not screening, but we know the NHS is a disgrace anyway. But it could be, David, that people survive car accidents only to die with blood that's could contaminated be. by yeah. chemicals from this. Yeah, 100%. Right. And they know that. They, this is what's really bad. They know that, and they still go ahead with it. Yeah. I mean, there's a name for that, and it's called evil, the yeah. evil of the NHS. And not enough people are prepared to say that. I mean, we had uh, um, Hancock in standing up in Parliament the other day talking about we must protect our NHS. No, no, we must not protect the NHS. We must protect the people who yeah. need to access services. And one way you protect them is you screen the blood so that if people don't want vaccinated blood coursing through their veins, they are at least provided with that choice. I think that's reasonable. It's not hardline. It's reasonable. Yeah. Let me just pull in one or two comments from H.W. Logan is there from Idaho. Uh, anyone else, let us know again where you're watching. Always good to see that. Shell says hello. Um, who else? As always, um, we have Kant. Uh, no, sorry. That was sorry. That was you saying his always, Kant. Uh, we have other oh, so many. I'm going to repeat names, so I'll not. But drop your comments in. Always good. And for those of you who are around, look, look, I got, look, we got lo lovely, lovely getter hats to Union Jack. Poor David Vance will not have these because he's up in Northern Ireland. But maybe comedy will come to Northern Ireland through getter. Well, maybe you're sorted out. Well, maybe. It, well, let, 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 let's hope so. I, I, one of those hats needs to have my name on it, let me tell you. Because I can see it. It's what the fashionable man is wearing in 2022. It is. Well, actually, Stormont is probably just the home of comedy, isn't it? I mean, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a circus. Strictly speaking, it's a circus. But it is. Same idea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, but um, so I will, and most of the Hearts Vote team, I shall be on Monday. I think there are literally. 20 tickets left from when I last saw and those will disappear uh, but we'll be at the Comedy Unleashed Backyard Comedy Club in Bethel Green on Monday and also there's an event on Friday with Matthew Lutis uh, Getter have booked a pub out in central London and it's the England-USA game. So Jis Miller will be there trying to understand what soccer is all about. <laughs> so hopefully Matt Latiss will be able to explain it to him, including any offside rules that Jason doesn't get. It should be interesting watching the penny drop with Jason, understanding what football is about. Yeah. But that is Friday. So both those links are on our um our Getter feed, they're on Getter UK, their Matt Latiss has it up. So if anyone can't find those or any reason, just DM us. Um, I will pass that on and we'll definitely get I think these. It's looking like a really exciting evening because you never know when an event is put on. Um, I've been helping Getter put these on. And you never know how successful the event will be. It's been quite interesting watching the ticket sales coming in. And I think we're about 20 underneath now, the, the capacity. Uh, so if this all goes as planned, then I think it has to be Getter takes Northern Ireland and Getter takes Wales and Getter takes Scotland. So, um, David, I may pull you in and you can help organize the next one. I'd be delighted. I mean, there's some great comedians. Actually, both events are great. The comedy night is great. It looks fantastic. And obviously, I mean, I think we know some of the people who are going to be there. And I mean, people like 
Abby Roberts, for example. I think yep. uh, I, I love Abby and all that yep. there. And, uh, so it's going to be great. But then the, the football night on Friday, next Friday night, sounds f- fantastic as well. I mean, uh, as you say, you might have problems with our American brethren explaining to them the intricacies of the offside. And the fact they say that's a good way to determine gender, basically, because only males understand yep. the offside rule. Women yep. can't. I'm sorry, ladies. It's biologically impossible. It's called science. But uh, yeah, but yeah, explain, explain offside to Jason and the gang. Let me know how you get on. So yeah, if anyone is around that wants to see Jason's face trying to work it out, come on uh, Friday and watch Matt Letizia explaining it. But moving on to Twitter, yeah. this okay. is the fun of Elon Musk. And uh, I had lots of ways to describe it. I think car crash might be one of the ways. And you said, meanwhile, on Twitter, can you imagine how busy the bot army must be hitting? And this is reinstate former President Trump. Yes, no. Obviously, Elon Musk has already said he will not reinstate Alex Jones. He will not reinstate David Icke. Their whole list. So some seems happy, some is not. It seems like it's free speech for some and Mm -hmm. not for others. Uh, But it's becoming a mess and I'm curious because he's a smart guy and he doesn't go into this with his eyes closed he spent supposedly we're told 45 billion or whatever I don't know if I can believe any of it but how are you on the sidelines David watching what's happening yeah, I, 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 exactly the same analysis as yourself, Peter. It, it seems a kind of a car crash in some ways. I, I enjoy all the frothing at the mouth of all the liberals and the, 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 the lefties. Uh, that amuses me at one level. Um, but I see great hypocrisy in Elon Musk as well because, you know, this is a guy who claimed he was a free speech absolutist. And then he turns around and he says, Alex Jones can't be back on the platform. Now, I understand that Alex Jones is a touchstone character. And if Alex Jones went back on Twitter tomorrow, there would be multiple investigations. So, look, I'm realistic. I'm not not sort of, you know, starry-eyed innocent. I can understand that side of it. And I do understand that he's let back, I think, Peter, in the past 24 hours, um, Kathy Griffin. So she's back, but Donald Trump's not. He's let back Jordan Peterson, Professor Peterson. He's let back, um, uh, who's the other one? Uh, oh, there was another one. Um, so he has let back uh, some, some, so, oh yeah, um, uh, Babylon Bay. Babylon oh, Bay. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so they're back. So there seems to be some people coming back. Um, but then he, this is the thing that, this is my point. My problem is he did say in another tweet that he put out, which I commented on, that negative, the, those who put out negative stroke slash hate tweets will have them deboosted and essentially made invisible, right? Which begs the obvious question, who, who deter- determines what yeah. a, a negative, that's a, both words are awful, but negative, what's a negative tweet? If, if I take issue with Joe Biden, is that negative? If I dispute Rishi Sunak, is that negative? If I challenge uh, vaccines, is that negative? If I oppose what's happening in Ukraine, is that negative? If I oppose unlimited immigration, if I oppose, co- you know, Peter, how, how does that work? unless you're going to have moderators determine these things, and that's how the problem came about in the first place. So look, free speech, I'll tell you how free speech work, should work. It works exactly the way Jason and the team do it on on, on, on Getter. And to be fair to the guys over in Gab as well, the, 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 you know, you, you can't do it the Elon Musk way, I don't think. And I also have to say, you know, at the moment he's let a couple of people back on, high-profile people. What about those further down the pecking list? What about people, you British people, like yep. um, Tom, Tommy Robinson, for example, yep. uh, Katie Hopkins, for example? You know, there's people like that, people like myself. And, and then begs the even bigger question, would you want to be back on a platform for somebody dares to tell you, oh, you've, that's a hate, that's a negative tweet you can't be on, or a hate tweet? So I don't know. I, honestly, I'm beginning to think, Peter, that... Twitter, Twitter's days are behind it yeah. uh, increasingly. And But you made a fair point at the beginning. Elon Musk is a smart guy, and he is a smart guy. So he must know what he's doing, but it's hard to see. What, what do you think about it? Um, I None of it makes sense, and I realize what the information we're given mm. is always given to us for a reason. It's not given us to inform us of what's happening. It's given to us to 
push us in a certain direction. Yeah. And I'm curious because if negative, I mean, I just, you put up a, a tweet whenever Musk was asked, well, will Alex Jones be coming on? And he said, no, that's very negative. So I assume he'll be putting <laughs> right. himself down that path. Yeah. But what does yeah. negative mean? Negative means say no. And none of it makes any sense. I just read that 75% because he locked all the Twitter employees out on Thursday yep. Yep. and 75% have said they don't want to go back. He's, you can't run a company if you get rid of all your staff. And it just seems to me, and he's complaining he's too busy and wants to get a CEO. Uh, you should have thought about this before you took on something like Twitter. Yeah, None of it yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Well, the other thing that doesn't make sense about Twitter is Twitter was obviously a three-letter security agency funded operation. It has to be because Musk is, as a commercial guy, he's taken over an operation which, according to him, is losing three and a half million a week. Right. So that was okay when it was being run under previous management, but now it's actually being run properly. He does have to do stuff. So I, as a businessman, fully understand him, you know, slashing numbers. And, and actually, isn't it interesting, Peter, that, I mean, the seven and a half thousand staff, I think it was something like that, uh, core staff, and he slashed about, I think, three, about 3,000 of them, half of them roughly went. And the platform seemed to run reasonably okay. Yeah. So that's telling me how bloated was Twitter uh, and now he's trying to take it to the next level, I think, by again d- insisting that those people who want to stay are really committed. So I have a sympathy with him at one level. But where I get really irate is this whole business of, well, some people can come back, some people can't. We're going to still uh, de-boost. We're going to determine what is a hate tweet or a negative tweet. And, and that doesn't feel like free speech to me. What I what we do, Peter, on platforms like Getter and Gab, that, that those are free speech platforms. And, and it doesn't mean that we say anything, in my opinion, that's, you know, unlawful or because that would be wrong. And, and but but you can just have, have opinions. And if, if, if it's not opinion, it's not Twitter. Is I just I, I used to think Twitter was the town square. Yeah. It's not a town square. That's a that's a myth. It's been turned into something much, much darker than that. So, I mean, I, do, I said at the beginning, I wished him well. I just don't see how it works. I don't know what's going to end well for him or not. Um, he, he, what he should do is just let everybody back on. That's what he should do. And he won't do it because he can't do it. So he's yeah. in a bind. We'll see how it plays out. Exactly. Let's jump on to some UK politics. And I'm looking at the time. I may just keep David until the views I just saw, just 2,000 of you on Twitter, on Getter. So I may just keep David on until that goes up and up. Anyway, no, this is... Uh, this is something else you've been doing, David, and the, yeah, the yeah. Judas Goat Project. This is yeah. Player FM. Tell us about wow. again, t- tell us about the, pl- the platform and then uh, oh. what you've done with this episode. Well, so, so the main thing here is if you go and click on that, uh, you, you can hear me uh, talk through what I see as the, good, the Judas Goat Project. Now, and, and this is relevant to people in the States and people in the UK, and in actual fact, people mostly everywhere in the West anyway. So, Peter, I'm going to put my theory to you and tell me what you think. And it's a bit harsh, but then, hey, you know. Are you going to get me into trouble? Going to get you into trouble. Okay, so go for it. We're allowed to vote for the blue team or the red team. Yeah. And if you don't like the blue team, look, don't worry about it because there's the red team. And if you don't like the red team, there's the blue team. Now, it turns out that the red team and the blue team team fundamentally are the same. And there's a name that we all use for it. And I'm sure most people are familiar with the uni party. And in the the UK, we've got Tories and we've got Labour, the uni party. And over in the States, they've got the Democrats and they've got the Republicans. Uh, And by Republicans, I separate that from the MAGA people, but the Republicans, GOP. And that's that's a uni party. So so we are controlled and being continually manipulated to say, oh, those hard nosed red team or blue, you know, oh, we need something more humanitarian. We're going to vote for the blue team. It's all a myth. It's it's all designed to corral you into a particular way of thinking. Then the Judas goat arrives. And it's the Judas goat I wanted. Now, the Judas goat, it's a great, it's a great terminology. Obviously, biblical reference um, with, with Judas Iscariot and uh, betraying Christ and all of that. Um, 
But anyone in agriculture and horticulture will understand the use of the Judas goat. So the Judas goat is, is, is a goat which is regularly, uh, which is kind of trained and gains the confidence of the other goats and leads them, uh, you know, back into the, into the corral or alternatively to the slaughterhouse. But the Judas goat gets spared. The Judas goat doesn't meet the final destination, right? The Judas goat uh, is saved. But unfortunately, those who follow the Judas goat yeah. aren't saved. Right, so that's the Judas goat, right? So have we in politics Judas goats? Have we in politics Judas goat parties? Now, in this, if you listen to this, I'm speculating, and as is my way, that I think we, I think we might. I think we might have potentially, and we have to be careful, and in particular, I'll say this, um, we have to look at some of the smaller alternative parties who might be rising in the polls at the moment. And we just have to be a bit careful about them. And, and I, I, I bring you back, Peter, um, as one of my bits of evidence to, uh, this was a legal case, uh, my lord, I present you with the fact that, do you remember when the Brexit party was riding high in the polls yeah. and um, you know it was going to put up candidates all across the country and it was going to do really, really well? And then at the very, very last moment, what happened? What happened? I'll tell you what. Nigel Farage pulled the plug. The, the Brexit party stood down as candidates. Boris Johnson got his 80-plus uh, seat majority. Uh, that has then been used to drive through a globalist agenda, like coaching horses through the United Kingdom. We've seen all the horrors, the deprivation of freedom, Ukraine, all of that, right? That wouldn't have happened if the Brexit party hadn't pulled the cord and Johnson got his majority. So all I'm saying is beware Judas Goats. I'm not being particularly critical of Nigel. I'm just saying that we have to judge things as they work out. And I'm saying beware Judas Goats. They do exist. And politically, particularly, they exist. And um, you just got to be careful that because, you see, if I'm being really conspiratorial about it, and let me be this just for one minute, if I wanted to control everybody, the way I would do it, I'd give you, there's, there's, your, there's your red team, there's your blue team, and for all you naughty dissidents, here's the dissident team. Mm. So go for it, go to them. And I've got you then, because wherever you go, ultimately, I'm going to control you. And that's the theory of the Judas Goat Project. Could it be happening here in the UK? All I would say, Peter, is something I know you've said as well, and we've said throughout, as long as I've known each other, think for yourself. <coughs> yeah. Excuse me. Just think for yourself. <coughs> <coughs> he says, uh, "Coffee throat." Well, and, uh, uh, David, it's because I guess the <laughs> establishment. Yeah, keep drinking the wine. You need to get a top up. Um, <laughs> wine, Garso, wine, yeah. wine. Uh, yeah. The the thing is that I guess the establishment and whatever you want to think I mean by that will never allow another UKIP because. Getting Brexit, leaving the EU, that's not what you're supposed to do. So the fear is that actually people will think for themselves, we can't let that ever, ever happen again. That's yeah. kind of the thinking that I'm getting. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, UKIP was something very different because you. UKIP was a popular movement. It, yep. it was a, it was a, as you well know, Peter. It was, it was right into the psyche of the, a lot of the British people. Uh, I mean, we wanted out, and and it was visceral, and it was deep inside us. And of course, the only reason Cameron gave the referendum in the first place was on the basis that he, they thought they would win it, and therefore crush that. Um, but. But now, uh, sort of what's clear to me, and I mean, I happened to read an article by Andrew Neil, that renowned shill. Your favourite. Oh, yeah, Andrew, lock up the unvaccinated. Remember, yeah. November, November yeah. December 2020, one Andrew Neil, not forgiven, no amnesty for you, pal. But, but he did write a good article today, and he was saying that what happened on Thursday of this week on, with that budget that Jeremy Hunt pushed through the uh, Commons, you know, to the stony-faced silence of those around him. Um, th that, that was a hammer blow for Brexit. People need to, it's not, you know, we now in the UK will have the, one of the highest levels of corporation tax in, um, you, you know, in the world, certainly in yep. 
higher than the EU. Personal tax levels, taxation levels are going up. Uh, regulations will increase. In other words, all the freedoms of Brexit, which you worked for Peter and so many other people did this notion of an outward, uh, you know, a, a low tax, outward facing, uh, light touch United Kingdom. Jeremy Hunt was the undertaker for that on Thursday uh, at the behest of this, this traitorous conservative government. Mm. So, so they're going to kill Brexit. And um, Neil said something that I've been saying now for quite a while. I believe the plan is, and I'll just put it out here so it's on record, I believe the plan is the Tories lose in 2024. Um, scorched earth policy between now and then. Uh, Sir Keir and the gang comes in. Come in. They're going to be awful, obviously. It goes yep. without saying. And what they'll do is they'll say, well, we've got a lot of work to do here. We need to go for growth. We need to maybe look to find ways to mend bridges with the European Union. Maybe the single market. They will get us into the single market. And Andrew Neil says that in his article, I think it's in the Daily Mail today, that he believes the UK going back in the EU is closer now than it was two years ago. And in that regard, I agree with Andrew Neil, and I believe it's deliberate. I've been, I do feel we're being betrayed by Conservative and Labour's, the people, British people. 17.4 million of us, they said, no, we want out. No, nah, we're not getting it. We're just not getting it. And that's why, you know, we, we need to uh, have absolute contempt for the Tories, for Labour, and for any other Judas goats that are around. And that was the point of my little uh, treatise on the good Judas goat project. Well, David, you mentioned moving on, and you mentioned Andrew Neil's article, and that fits yeah. in with the stick that we are being beaten with. This is the headline from the Daily Mail. Tax takes soars over one trillion this year. Burden races to post-World War II high as Hunt drags yep. 2.6 million more people into 40p rate and lets energy bills rise to £3,000 with yeah. UK already in recession but delays most spending cuts until after the election. And it's a, a disaster. You watch it. And obviously when he sat down... You put the picture up, I think, getting congratulated by everyone around him. Well done. You've beaten the people. Hit them harder. Yeah. Yeah. What was your thought whenever the, the budget? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, th this was, I think actually Sarah Vine said this in the Daily Mail as well. Th this was a Labour budget. This was yeah. a Labour budget delivered by a so-called Conservative, but he's not really. Um, and as you say, I mean, hurting his own co the, the Conservative voters. I mean, the only part of the, the voting base which has been of the Conservative voting base, which hasn't been betrayed, is pensioners. But yep. but inflation's going to give them a tough enough time as well. So, but but all those red wall uh, voters, I mean, they're all gone now. It's it's, it's all over. I, I think um, this was a betrayal of every conservative principle. It really was. You know, raising taxes, or, uh, increasing regulation, uh, making making a dis making it uh, a disincentive to work hard. I mean, I don't believe, I just totally disagree with, for example, dropping the top uh, rate from 150 grand to 125. You should allow people who, who, who earn, let, encourage it. I mean, let's not live in the world of petty jealousies and stuff. But this is what he said anyway. It's, it's scorched earth. It, it really is. I mean, I, I have no idea. There's two giveaways in it, though. He was talking to the international money market, the markets. Yeah. So it appears that the markets matter more than the British people. And that's that's weird. That's not going to be very sellable on the doorstep. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I put that one up as well. Yeah, everyone, look at look at that. I mean, again, this is the red team and the blue team. It doesn't matter. Debt keeps rising. You can see it, that. It, but you think it's the other way around. I, yeah, we thought it was bad under Gordon Brown. Yeah. I remember thinking, this is bad. We're going to hit a trillion, and then the yeah. Tories come in and say, "Don't worry, we'll double that." Yeah, yeah, wow. uh, yeah. Hold my beer. Hold my wow. beer, Gordon Brown. Yeah, I, I, I'll see your trillion and I'll double you it. And, you know, and, and, and that's the truth of the matter. And that's why it goes back to my the red team and the blue team. Yeah. It's always the uni party. It doesn't matter. So these guys are wrecking the economy, rack, racking up debt. And the only way they're going to sort that debt, I believe, is it's all part of the great reset. To my mind, they will have to bring about fundamental change. And that's what they want to do. So that's why they spend like crazy. No intention of paying it back. We had just a little plug. We had Edward Dowd on uh, on yep. Thursday, and I had a great time chatting with him. And he 
went through some of this and his book obviously is is coming out on death from unknown on that massive right but actually talking to him on a financial side was was really interesting but mm. this is something that's huge i don't think we actually get enough but while we are suffering uh let's i am going to bring up uh, actually pro jam i'll bring up i'll skip that story pro jam and i'm going to bring up the one on boris so you can prep the one after that this is boris so don't worry it may be difficult for some of you but hey boris johnson yeah boris paid over 276,000 that's a quarter yeah. of a million pounds for speech at us insurance conference the mp's register of interest shows mr johnson recorded the fee as covering 8 hours and 30 minutes work, giving him an hourly rate of almost £32,000 an hour. 32000 That's what people earn in a year, and he gets in an hour. But yeah. we're all in this together, David. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but this is what happens. All these swamp creatures, you know, when they eventually are shown out the door, yeah. they then go into the sort of after-dinner speech uh, sort of circuit where they get paid vast sums. Uh, and uh, uh, to me, this is the payoff. This is the globalist payoff to Johnson for all that he did from March of 2020 until he was finally booted out earlier this in, in the summer of this year. Uh, this is payback for Boris. So it's more uh, at a time when lots of people and lots of families, I'm sure, around the UK, are, are, and I know are worried, Peter, about you know paying the bills, feeding their families, putting a meal on the table, all that stuff. This this bloated parasite goes off and, uh, you know, yeah, 276 grand. Uh, and that will not be the only speech. I mean, he will rack up the money. There should be there should be some kind of laws put in to prevent profiteering politicians. Such a, And pr prime ministers are particularly bad example, are a pretty good example of how bad this is. Because, I mean, Theresa May, who's not someone I would really care to spend an evening listening to, I mean, honestly, uh, she also has racked up a lot of money. Cameron yeah. as well. They all they all do it, and that's before we get to Tony Blair. So th there's a whole. This is a whole racket uh, that these people and that no one in politics will will shout it out. Well, you know, will sending about it because one day they hope to be in that position as well. Rishi Sunak, I'm sure, in you know five ten years time. Well, no, actually, about three years time. Rishi will be doing the after dinner speaking uh, circuit as well, making vast fortunes. You know, you have to remember the politicians mostly hate you. I keep telling people this, and I'm right. Rishi Sunak is only the what him and his wife are only 220 richest people in the uk so i understand they need to work on that no position so all credit to them um and she'll do it under her non-dom status but that's a whole other area oh well, yeah we we'll talk about that yeah did you see that rishi's quite prepared to show his tax returns make them yeah. fully fully transparent but not his wife's no no I, I need to delve deeper into non-dawn, but that will not be tonight. Let me just bring up the last one, which was this uh, from Grace Chung of War Room. And this is real. Cannot yeah. make this up. On the uh, 30th of the 11th, the New York Times was planning to host a live event with Sam Bankman-Fried, whose just, company has just gone bankrupt, his FTX exchange, uh, Zelensky. Yeah. Larry Fink, CEO of BlackRock, and U.S. Yeah. Treasury, Janet <laughs> Yellen as our main speakers. Projam, could you just scroll that up and just double-click on the image and bring it up? Yeah, just click on that image. There you go. Those yeah. beautiful people. Uh, wow. <laughs> two and a half. Would you pay two and a half thousand to listen to Zelensky? <laughs> I mean, unbelievable. I mean, I, I got that was a brilliant uh, post from Grace uh, over on War Room. Yeah, she, I think she's great, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I saw that and I took my breath away. Imagine. I mean, of course, the poor, poor old Sam has found himself on his uh, uppers owing to the incredible crypto scam he's been involved in. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the money and look there they are: Zelensky, Zuckerberg, uh, Yellen. The, the, this is the swamp. That you're looking at well part of the swamp they're right there they are and, and it's, it's, isn't it weird weird that Zelensky is able to take time out from fighting this war against pretty Putin 
to be able to give these kind of speeches. It's weird, almost like it's all a whole PR propaganda, which of course it isn't, but it's almost like it is. But well, yeah, it's, it, it's a commercial break, isn't it, in the film? <laughs> I did. Yeah, it is. That's <laughs> exactly what exactly, And it is a film, and it is a commercial break. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, this guy, uh, Bankman Freed, and this FTX, this whole crypto scandal, like the media, our media, particularly in the UK, hasn't an awful lot to say about it. But we know that this was this guy was the second biggest donor to the Democrats after yeah. George Soros. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's it, it you're just looking at them. They, they all feed each other. They really, really do. I mean, I wonder. I even I wonder how even FTX made money, you know. But uh, yeah, wherever there's money, you'll always find Zelensky. People can interpret that as they want, but uh, he's always there, sniffing around. Hands out, please, Moa, Moa. <laughs> he, as I said, he is the engine of of Europe. Um, we'll just play two clips you had. We'll just play out, and they're two very different ones. Um, uh. Pro Jam, if I can bring it on and then you can play it, okay? So let me bring that up and we'll play this one. Let me mess this around. Do this one first. Okay. I'll be back in two minutes. Okay, okay, okay. So now it's actually prayer time. So we'll stop. And we'll be back with more. See you in two minutes. Those in the World Cup, not only do they not get beer, but they might have enforced prayer times. It's going to be interesting how that plays out. Oh, Obviously, shit. Budweiser yeah. hasn't gone so well for them. No. 64, billion they, six billion, 64 million they paid for some people not to have a drop. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine the lawyers right on the phone right now? Yeah. FIFA's in such trouble. Although, if, did you see Infantino's speech? Did you see the amazing speech? <laughs> So he claimed to be gay, he claimed to be disabled, Muslim and Arab, all in the one speech. And he's ahead of FIFA. This World Cup's going to be, it's going to be the worst, most brilliant one ever. I can't wait. It's going to be a disaster. Yeah. It will be. Um, but of course, I think if you're a VIP and have paid the 18000 that you have to pay for VIP, you can have champagne and wine in the special area. So Allah allows you to have champagne if you're in a selected area VIP, but he found brimstone upon those who drink Budweiser. So it's a bummer for Budweiser. They've upset Allah. Yeah, um, Allah hates Budweiser. He does. He does. <laughs> and let, and we'll just play out with this, which is a beautiful rendition, which David put up. Um, I think this is a Brazilian deaf trans something so we'll 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 play that we may not get to the whole nearly two minutes but no, we'll no, see how no, far no. we get but well, maybe no, just do, no, well, maybe just do 30 seconds of it yeah, so yeah. here it is david's favorite ever brazilian deaf mute trans woman sings whitney houston i will always love you I can't, I can't go for that anymore. I can't. Now, you, you, there are many people who can't sing, and therefore they don't sing. Don't, if, yeah. you're, if you're deaf and you cannot sing, then you don't sing. Yeah. But obviously, in the world of wokery and the worlds of lgbtbs that actually david i thank you for bringing that to us because i hadn't come across that and no. my eyes are filled with tears of joy <laughs> I, 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 love the, I love the comment some tyndale says over i think it's here in daylight he could have at least learned the bloody lyrics, <laughs> he the bloody lyrics. <laughs> well said tyndale I, can't top that one. We can't top that. <laughs> I, I don't know if you've misgendered, but hey. Um, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, she, it, whatever, yeah. could have learned its lines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but 
all, all not case of misidentity of of yeah. of gendering the deaf Brazilian trans community. Yes. David, thank you as always for your time. It's great thank to you. chat, and an hour flies past so quickly. It does indeed. It does. Thank you, Peter, and thanks to everybody. I've enjoyed that. And that, <laughs> that was we've gone out and high. We can't talk about that one. <laughs> Forget about the vaccine blood you're all being forced to take or the that? economic destruction. Just listen to that beautiful Brazilian voice. And on that, I'll wish our viewers a wonderful rest of your evening. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Nanny Annie says, thanks, David and Peter. Nice to have some humor. Well, or else we end up crying. So, yes, always have to laugh. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Enjoy your weekend Sunday. And we'll be back with you on Monday. Obviously, we'll be at the event, the uh, comedy club event backyard comedy club on monday we also have an interview so those who cannot make it and aren't able to watch it uh, we had an interview with simon webb who does history debunked great channel on youtube very interesting really enjoyed watching clips of that and he was with us a few days ago uh, to talk about how what he's trying to do with that and to educate people on who we are, where we've come from, uh, which always always helps a society as it heads forward. So that's Monday. Um, David, you've, have you anyone coming up? Do you want to mention, sorry, any of your guests coming up or any of your guests you've had? Yeah, well, no, mon, mon, funny enough, on, on Monday evening as well, just to be contrary, I've got Mr. Paul Burgess, who I'm sure you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's Climate a great change. Guy. And yeah, and he's actually he's going to give us his alternative budget from a, a climate climate perspective based wow. on COP twenty seven. So Paul Paul is uh, as you know he's one of the most knowledgeable guys yep. in the scene and a, and a lovely man as well. So uh, Paul's coming on to have a chat on 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 Monday evening. So even if you can't join us live, do do check the uh, you know the the the, uh, the repeat of it. And uh, I think yeah we've got we've got. Um, I'm looking forward to having him. We've also got, oh, I should say, actually, yeah, I also hope to have one of your regulars, uh, Peter, or semi-regulars, uh, Liz uh, Liz Phillips. Oh, Liz, yes. She will Liz, tell you a thing or two. Liz Her background in the referendum party. Wow, so yes. She's coming on, and you'll enjoy, you should join this one. Uh, she, she'd like to have a chat about Northern Ireland with me um, ah. in, in terms of, what's been happening in this part of the United Kingdom and yep. what hasn't been and all this so on and so forth. So I'm hoping to have uh, Liz on in a, in a few weeks' time anyway, and that'll be an interesting uh, a conversation because, funny enough, as you know, Northern Ireland doesn't get maybe as much, uh, understandably, as much maybe attention as it, as maybe as it sometimes could do. So uh, Liz wants to try and help put that one right. So uh, that's someone else is coming on. Sounds good. Well, those are two for people to tune in. Um, but we'll let you go now, everyone. And you can obviously, if you're, you can catch this on Podbean as a download or any of the video platforms, upload it onto, um, onto BitChute later on. Obviously, live on Getter, on Facebook, on DLive, on, uh, on the website, on Rumble, on CloudHub. Uh, and actually on Twitch, we started streaming on Twitch last week, so we'll see how long that lasts. But um, find us on everywhere. So thank you for tuning in. Have a good weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. So thank you, and goodbye. If you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list. Donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org. Thank you for listening.